You can find the comic book characters on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash kneelbeforepod or follow us on Twitter at cbcharacters. You can also email us at cbcharacters at gmail.com. And now you can subscribe to us on iTunes. Search comic book characters. Hey everyone out there in the CBCU, it is your friendly neighborhood podcaster, Alfred, and we're back, back again. We had a small hiatus. Uh, the president and CEO of Snark Industry is actually on paternity leave. Uh, the man, the myth, the legend, Ignacio, has given birth to two wonderful twins, a boy and a girl. Everyone out there in the CBCU, feel free to wish him uh, congratulations on that and his, his lovely wife, Alicia. But this week... In our triumphant return, we have a very special guest co-host. I'm talking, of course, about the goofball of gore, the one, the only, Jay Alexis. Round of sound for Jay. How are you doing Aww. there? I'm doing good. That's really, that, wow, that, ooh, that was really nice. So I was a little <laughs> choked up there. So how's it going? Hey, everyone. Uh, yeah, this is really awesome. I'm really excited to be back on the show. This I had a fun Last time talking about Age of Ultron, and yeah. we got a bunch of stuff to talk about. It's so. been a while. It's it's crazy if you think about it. Uh, last time you were on, we did talk about Age of Ultron. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, since then we've had Deadpool, which kind of changed a little bit, maybe of the way comic book movies are done. Oh my uh, god! Opened yeah. the doors for so much more. Uh, with Civil War, which blew everyone's mind. I mean, I think. I mean, tell me what you think, but Civil War to me was kind of the movie everyone was hoping Age of Ultron was gonna be. Yeah, I mean... Not that Age of Ultron was bad. Yeah, I mean, Age of Ultron was good. I, I don't think I really had any problems with it. I think it it was good. And it was just, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, you can't please everyone. It wasn't bad. It wasn't great. I mean, it was good. I liked it. Um, yeah, uh, Civil War, you know, they talked about, okay, cool. And there was all this debate, like, is he going to die? You know, what's going to happen? You know, it was just, it was a huge deal. And yeah. it was really... I mean, the the comic book alone was like groundbreaking. I was like, oh my god, this is like, you know, holy shit, this is. Oh, we can curse, right? Yeah, just, well, no, you're okay. totally fine. You're totally fine. Ah, oh, fucking cool. Okay, um, <laughs> so yeah, and I saw the movie, and it it just blew me away. I was like, holy shit, they could have just called this Avengers, you know, Civil War. Yeah, and I mean, regardless of the title, it was. I mean, it was killer i mean holy shit i mean that was like a great movie from start to finish definitely and i think you know because i don't want to say because there might be someone who still hasn't seen it but no i mean here's the thing we usually Mm -hmm. we try to do like spoiler free stuff for a little bit it's already out on blu-ray dvd at that point the gloves are off feel free to say whatever you want that's uh, true. I, I guess it's just like I'm afraid to say, "Hey, Bruce Willis was the ghost in Sixth Sense. He was dead the whole time." And then, like, you're just you know, your it's Facebook crazy. Page, yeah, and your Bruce Facebook Willis, page just... <laughs> Bruce Willis turned out to be Captain America at the end of Civil War. That yeah, was yeah. the thing that I was not expecting. That was a huge plot twist. Yeah, I was like, "What? No way!" And then he was dead the whole time. It was just yeah, was really like, weird, Bruce... really weird twist. Yeah, I was like, Russo brothers, Russo brothers did it again. What are you doing? Yeah. Uh, but no, it, I was I was heavily surprised um, by the outcome where he didn't die, and it was like when you he says the speech at the end, I was like, oh, he's gonna probably get shot or something, 
And he did it. I was like, all right. And it was very satisfying. It was like, okay, you know what? I can live with this ending. And mm-hmm. it was really cool. Um, I'm pretty sure, you know, you're excited. You were excited about this. Um, oh yeah. Tom Holland, just, Oh yeah. No offense to, you know, Garfield or, or McGuire. Yeah. Holy cow. This yeah. guy nailed it. Mm, yeah. I mean, <laughs> just the Parker persona, the Spider-Man persona. It was like Bendis probably shed a tear going. Yeah. Oh, I know. Right. Finally, they got, you know, the Parker, right. They did. It was, it was like it was like Spider-Man literally leapt off the pages and onto the screen for the first time ever in a really, really spot on accurate way that I've been waiting literally my whole life for. And, and it, it finally finally showed up, you know, uh, you know, real quick, an interesting thing. We do have a lot of topics to go into, but uh, yeah. it's, it's fine. This is what we do. We do on combo characters. We get on a little tangents. Here's oh, yeah. the interesting. Here's the most interesting thing that somebody brought up to me. Uh, mm-hmm. One of our listeners brought up. Uh, okay. a couple of weeks ago is that do you now realize that captain america as a trilogy as a franchise trilogy has done what so few trilogies have ever done in that it gets better with each movie the first one was pretty good the second one i really liked winter soldier but civil war is amazing and again it could be an avengers film essentially but how many trilogies of anything do you see where not only do the films get better with each film but the third one's the best one. That's yeah. pretty uncommon. And I know you're a big movie fan buff. Can you think of another trilogy where, where it does that, where not only do they get better as you go along, but the third one is the best one. Ooh. Wow, even, good... even original star Wars, I think Empire's the best one. That's the yeah. second one. Not the Jedi shit or anything, but you know <laughs> what I mean? Like Empire is yeah. the best one. Godfather 3 is not the best of the Godfathers. I think Back to the Future 3 is not the best of the Back to the Future films. Can I can I say something very controversial? Yeah. And this is either probably, yeah. So this is pretty big. I have to say Dark Knight Rises wasn't the best of the Nolan trilogy. Was or was not? It wasn't. I, I think the, the bar... one with Bane. Yeah. The, okay. I mean, it was like, okay, I got it, but the bar was... Way too high. Too high. With too Dark high Knight. with Ledger. Yeah. Yeah. Too high with that Joker. That amazing script. I've, I actually read the script to that uh, about a month yeah. ago. Just page to page, read the script. Such a good script. Yeah. Um, it, it, it was just, I was like, you know, like it wasn't bad. I was like, okay, this was cool, but it just, yeah, it didn't grab me like the way Dark Knight was like, yeah. oh my God. You yeah. Know. Felt like an experience with, uh, with Dark Knight. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, just keep that in the back of your head. If you can think of a trilogy or hey, listeners out there, uh, if you all can think of a trilogy where the third film is the best film, throw it out there on Twitter. Uh, hashtag CBCU for comic book characters universe. And then uh, hashtag uh, best, best, uh, best trilogy. Hashtag mm. best trilogy, hashtag CBCU, and uh, we'll see what uh, what other people think. Because I think mm. I think Captain America definitely is up there now. Because man, Civil it, War. Yeah, it just I mean, oh my god, it was way too much for one movie, and I was like, wow, we are spoiled. I mean, it was like, whew, it was it was Christmas for us. We were just like treated to it. I mean, Giant Man. Oh, oh I know. Ah, oh. Paul Rudd just. You know, anytime you can throw more Paul right into your film, always a good idea. Always, yeah. always, always charming, always fantastic. Okay, we've got a lot of topics to cover this week. And um, so, you know, normally we save this segment for kind of like the back end 
<coughs> of the podcast, or at least in the middle. But we're coming out with 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 fury of, of fists flying. Uh, I'm of course talking about casting corner, and <laughs> we've got you know you know it's so funny, uh, Jay. I think you know James uh, James Bosquez. He's told oh, yeah. me before that he thinks that I have what I've done there with casting corner. His, in fact, it was that I've stolen the opening theme song to Sister Sister, <laughs> and that that's if that's true, that's unintentionally true. I didn't mean for that to happen. That's I didn't. That wasn't a conscious thing, but maybe maybe that there, there's some truth to that. But what we've got this week, and and the biggest news, honestly, uh, that we've had recently since the last podcast is the Deathstroke. Casting news, oh, yeah. and we'll definitely touch on that in just a moment. But what yeah. I wanted to, to follow up on was something that Ig and I talked about before, uh, before he, uh, you know, before he had children. <laughs> yeah. um, is that Robbie Reyes made his appearance on Agents of Shield uh, mm-hmm. in the season opener, which actually was last night. We're recording this on a Wednesday. The oh, premiere yeah. was Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, so played by Gabriel or Gabriel Luna. Yeah. Um, made his appearance, and I what I actually did is I, I I started interacting with some of the listeners of the CBCU as well as some of the listener or some of the uh, fans over on the MCU uh, fan page, and just was asking kind of their general thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna of course ask you what you think about just Ghost Rider existing on Agents of Shield in just a moment, but some of the initial response was. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which they moved to an hour later. Now it's at 9 o'clock uh, mm. instead of 8. So technically they can do a little more adult stuff, I guess. Mm. Um, a lot of people seem to think that the episode as a whole was was kind of eh. Like, not as great of a first episode to a season as they would have liked. But almost everybody across the board was like, wow. Ghost Rider is, just looks way cooler and way better than I had any hopes of him looking like on a network television show. Yeah. Um, now I don't believe you, you've seen the episode yet, right? Uh, to be, to be honest with you, and I'll probably get a lot, lot of flack for this. Um, I haven't, I, I, I think I saw the first episode of the first season. No, that's fine. And and, no, 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 trust me. I know a lot of, of people that, that are in the biz that do this kind of thing with the pocket. They're, they're not on the shield bandwagon. Um, yeah. By the way, no shame in not having seen the episode that just aired like 24 hours ago. It, it's it's fun. Did but, he go uh, full spirit, or was he just like they just introduced his character? Oh, they, they do. He goes full Ghost Rider, wow. full flaming skull and everything. Um, oh. I really didn't think they were gonna they're gonna go that far, especially in the first episode, because I'm like, well, that's an expensive thing to do. Yeah, but they do it. They make his car go on fire. Uh, so. Real quick background for those that don't know, and there's a great YouTube video that goes into the origins of Robbie Reyes Ghost Rider, and I'll probably throw that on in the thread um, on the Facebook posting. But uh, Robbie Reyes is a Hispanic kid, uh, like teen. He's got a younger brother who's in a wheelchair. He gets picked on at school and so on, but he likes to, you know, he like sticks up for the underdog. Uh, he he gets killed in the in the comic, he comes back to life with the spirit of vengeance. And as opposed to having a bike, which is normally what you see uh, a motorcycle yeah. with Ghost Rider, he has like a, like a big block muscle car. Uh, that was pretty cool. Yeah. And they, they actually have it on fire in the show as well. Now in the show, it's, he's a little older. He's, uh, you know, he's a, he's a young man. 
uh, or you know, a man in the show. But since you haven't seen the episode, and that's totally fine, mm-hmm. what do you think about the idea of trying to do a character as I don't know, as special effects intensive, and I know you're a huge fan of like horror films and stuff, so yeah. you've seen everything from the $1 bin to the million-dollar special effects. <laughs> um, what do you, how do you feel about a character like Ghost Rider, who is mm-hmm. so special effects intensive, being put on a network television show like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Um, well, to kind of like talk about what you said earlier, I think if, if the show was meh to some people, I think it was just, hey, here's a small taste of what to expect, but it's going to escalate to something bigger. And I think we should just, like, the fans should just be, like, patient, because at the end of the season, they go, well, I wish they did this. And it's like, well, don't worry. They might have been testing it. They might have just been, like, you know, testing the waters to see how it's going to go uh, and just probably kind of go from there and prove it. But um, to answer your question, honestly, I am deeply impressed. I know we talked about this before where um, – you know, they talked about where Norman Reedus has said that he wanted to play Ghost Rider, and I was like, I don't know. And then, you know, we talked about it. I was like, well, you know, he could do it. And I was like, well, you know, I still see Daryl if he were to do it. Right. Um, but the fact that they're doing that is so, I mean, ballsy of ABC because I think for a while they're like, okay, we're going to introduce this character or, you know, some of the characters from the previous movies. Or it was all interconnected to the movies, which is cool. But. The fact that they're doing this is really impressive because I think with the Ghost Rider sequel, Spirit of Vengeance, I mm-hmm. like the way he looked in that. He mm-hmm. looked really cool with like the you know the tar and everything and the sulfur look. But mm-hmm. it's just I couldn't get past Nicolas Cage. Like that was like <laughs> this is the deal breaker. And I think for them to do this, it's really cool because for me, I truly believed if we were gonna see Ghost Rider again, regardless of which one, whether it be his brother um, you know, Johnny Blaze or, you know, the new guy, I really thought we were going to see him on Blade because that was probably the closest thing. Like, oh, right. okay, supernatural. Supernatural, yeah. demon type stuff. Yeah, yeah. Probably introduce the the Frightful Four if, yeah. ever, if they ever, ever would do that again. Right. And it was just because I think with something like that, like, okay, well, Blade makes a lot more sense. But the right. fact they're doing it for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which is kind of like... It, uh, it almost seems like it wouldn't fit, right? Yeah, because it's almost like it's not kid friendly, but it's like, hey, here's like something for the whole family or something like a little okay, like for teenagers, nothing too much. So just the fact, like, wow, that's pretty ballsy of yeah. them to like go that route. Right. Um, I don't think he's gonna murder anyone or kill anyone, but they they will. It's not gonna be all blood and guts. Well, here's but... the thing, and then this is, uh, I will say that there's a little bit of spoiler here if yeah. you haven't seen the first episode, but it's not that big of a deal. They yeah. do show Ghost Rider killing people pretty. Wow. Pretty like in a pretty graphic way, but like some of it's off screen, but you yeah. see some of the effects kind of thing. But I think this is what they're doing, and for yeah. better or worse, I mean they're they're going all in here. They moved the time slot to a later time slot, yeah. and, and because of that, technically it's it's considered late night programming, and they're able yeah. to, to do a little more in terms of like censorship and whatnot. Um, and so they're going for it, man. They yeah. Uh, you know, it's well, it's a pretty it was a pretty violent first episode. I was actually pretty surprised. Well, I think for that, it's like the fans kind of grew up because this is the fourth season, right? Yeah. Okay, so like four years. So I guess maybe the fan base that maybe they started was maybe twelve. Right. So now they're sixteen. Right. So it's like, hey, we're growing up, so we want to make sure that you know you're still with us because we want us to be relevant. Like, okay, right. we can be a little bit dark too. 
And um, it's just one of those things where it's just really cool how they're doing that. And it's like, wow, that's really impressive. Like, I was just blown away. I was like, holy shit. So, yeah, no, it's 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 it'll be really interesting to see if this kind of gambit pays off for uh, yeah. ABC. Um, it's inter- it's interesting, and the show definitely has a different feel to it. I'll I'll, I'll I can say that much. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, well, we'll see. It seems like people are. They, at least in this sense, ABC's done what maybe a lot considered the impossible in that a lot of people seem to be pretty excited after seeing Ghost Rider on a network television show and they think that it looks good. So just that in itself, I think, is a, is a victory for them. That and the fact that Ghost Rider is back home in the MCU universe. So, yeah, I mean, that's true. I didn't even think about that. You're totally right. Like, who knows what this could lead to? And again, like you said, there could be a Blade Ghost Rider pairing out there like you know not every character needs their own individual movie you can pair some of these people up you can you can throw multiple characters in one film and, and it could still be great uh oh, yeah. i would love to see a ghost rider blade kind of thing you know going on maybe get some of the uh the what are they the dark stalkers or whatever like you know whoever you want to you yeah. get out there uh what do you mean iron fist i mean that oh, yeah, I mean, well kind of i guess yeah, it's like in that area yeah, you could, you could. I mean, the thing is, the options are there, and and that's the yeah. important thing. Uh, we'll just have to see what Marvel does. Switching over to the DC side of the mm. of the of the comic world, uh, and I'm totally gonna I'm totally gonna have up this name, and if Ig were here, he would love it because <laughs> I, I can never pronounce anyone's name correctly. It's just yeah. uh, it's just a thing. Uh, but we got word that Joe Mag Magnanelio Magnelio. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's going to be mm. playing Deathstroke in some DC EU film. Um, mm. We don't know if it's going to be Batman. Possibly could be Justice League. I I have I suspect it actually is going to be the Batman solo film. But he's going to be Deathstroke. Deathstroke, yeah. uh, who's a pretty badass character to me in the DC uh, comic universe. Oh, yeah. uh, and Joe Joey Boy, uh, who's probably most well known for being in True Blood, uh, mm. that show on HBO, that starts off pretty strong and then gets real weird. Uh, he's also in Magic Mike, which I've never seen. <laughs> but also with his appearance as as Death Death Stroke, mm. uh, we also get to add him to the Evans list because he was trivia trivia question here. Uh, he did play Flash Thompson in the Sam Raimi Spider-Man films. If you can there you go. Yeah. Uh, so. what, what do you think about uh, Joe's casting as Deathstroke? Well, first of all, what do you think about them doing Deathstroke as a villain, uh, possibly in a Batman film? What do, you, do you like that news? or? Yeah, I mean, I heard first it was like, oh, he's going to be in the Batman film. I was like, that's cool because, you know, first it was going to be Red Hood. And then I heard, oh, the Justice League movie. And it's like, what's going on so um, i mean regardless he's in the dc universe and th- yeah i'm really impressed because deathstroke is a really badass character yeah. and i hate to say it um he was one of the most difficult people i had to fight in um arkham origins and yeah. i that i mean it was really impossible was like holy shit i fucking hate like I can't enjoy the game anymore because it's like, shit, I gotta fight Deathstroke. And it's just like, I, I can't. <laughs> it just brought instant dread to you. Just to yeah, so I'm like, shit, I can't be on complaining about this. Imagine how Bruce or the others has to feel dealing with him. <laughs> you, and, really, you really put yourself in, in Bruce Wayne's shoes there. Yeah, I'm just Bruce. like, fuck. You know, I gotta fight this guy. Um, and 
He, yeah. I mean, he has a history of so many cool stories. Like, oh, um, one of them will be Identity Crisis for yeah, sure. That's the one I, will, I was. It's, I'm so glad you brought that up because yeah. for me, that's that's where he like basically takes out the entire Justice League. Like, yeah, he he's like, I already know all of your weaknesses. Here's me just like taking you all down in like minutes, and it's. Yeah, he nuts. took them out all in front of a porch of an apartment. So yeah. you know. Yeah, I mean, he just, is just I love that. That's, I'm so glad you brought that up. It's <laughs> probably my favorite Deathstroke moment that I've seen. In yeah, um, I mean, he yeah. he is. I mean, because there was spec they showed him and the Internet went cuckoo bananas when they saw that little video. And they're like, oh, who's he going to be? Who's going to be? Yeah. And I think for the longest time, they're like, oh, it might be Ron Perlman. Ron because, Perlman, right. Yeah. Uh, he's got the voice. Who did the voice for Deathstroke in the Teen Titans cartoon? There you, go. there you go. So yeah, he's he's been around with DC. He's I think he's pretty much committed to the DC Vertigo, you know, family. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty cool. Which, by the way, I think he's in talks um, to play Swamp Thing, but I'm assuming the oh, voice. Yeah, I would love that. Yeah, I, I mean, I, that's I can, perfect. Yeah, I don't think he would do the makeup because I mean, that's just I mean. This is just my speculation. It's just that he, I, from what I heard, is that he has arthritis, and you know, it was just the makeup alone for Hellboy was just brutal. Yeah, um, he loved it, but it was just it was too much makeup and the prosthetics, and you got to be in those those makeup chairs for eight nine hours sometimes. Yeah, six. He was in it for like six hours a day, and he and that could just like, and then it's like being under the hot sun yeah. or the lights. Because when I was, um, I'm sorry. Um, when I was Leatherface for Halloween a few times, I could only wear that mask for 30 seconds. <laughs> wow. And that yeah. was just brutal. So, I mean, it was, you know, I talked to, uh, Gunnar Hansen, God rest his soul. Right. And he That's said, yeah, yeah. And he just said, oh, 30 seconds. Yeah. Try Texas sun <sighs> in the seventies out in the middle of nowhere. So, Yeah. Sounds like uh, touche, sir. Yeah, you so, were you were a, a scholar and a gentleman. <laughs> just, yeah, so I, I can only imagine that if he did it, I think he would just do the voice, which isn't a bad thing because with CGI, they can do so much. Like I was saying, oh, it's one thing, um, right? Right. And, and there was just all this speculation on like who's going to be? Is it going to be him? You know, there was. I think it was either there was like, oh, and maybe it's the uh, Ron Perlman or it's the guy from Avatar, which now they're saying that he might play Cable. Oh, uh, Lang. Yeah, and um, so finally came down, yeah, and they revealed him as, like, oh, it's like that Joe guy, and I was like, you know what, yeah. Now, here's the thing about Joe Magnilio is Mm. that he's, I mean, because he's playing opposite Ben Affleck, who's a a big dude. Ben Affleck's, like, what, 6'2", 6'4"? Joe is huge, man. Like, I don't know if... If you've seen any pictures of him recently, he, he's one, he's ripped, but he's a giant guy. He's like 6'4", at least 6'4". Oh, okay. yeah, he's, yeah, he's a, he's he's a tall impo- order. He's an imposing force. Uh, yeah. You know, going back to the Arkham Origins game that you were, you were referencing earlier, there's some mm-hmm. really great little cutscenes, like full motion video, like movie type cutscenes with Batman and Deathstroke in that video game that are amazing. And if all they do is take that and put it in a movie and do the same choreography, you're going to have really, really awesome action sequences. So I hope that my hope is that they do look at that for reference uh, when they're, they're choreographing some of these fight scenes. 
Can I say something? That, yep. And this is just my theory, and if they do this cool, um, if not, you know, I'm pretty sure they'll do something else cooler, um, is that I think DC should do a reverse Avengers, whereas instead of showing, oh, well, let's these are the characters you're going to see with the Justice League, how about do something where, like, oh, these are the character, these are the villains you're going to see that will eventually be on the next Suicide Squad movie. You know oh, I mean? yeah. So that'd be pretty cool because I know in the video game, um, I forgot which one, but Amanda in the video, I think it's Arkham Origins. I could be wrong, or maybe Arkham City. I forgot. Anyway, there's so many of those games now. Yeah, and there's a scene where Amanda Waller talks to um, Slade in prison. He goes, mm-hmm. "Hey, we have a we have this mission for you," and it's like it's called Task Force X. Right. So I was like, "Oh shit, fucking Suicide Squad." Right. So I mean, that'd be pretty cool. To see Deadshot, you know, work with Deathstroke to see how they work, or oh yeah, yeah, you know, because Deathstroke is pretty much Deadshot is basically, um, you know, you give him a gun, he's good, but whereas Deathstroke, yeah, he can, he is way more powerful. Yeah, he can kill you with a toothpick. Like he, he's, he's, he's a pretty crazy, uh, yeah, efficient villain in the DC universe. Um, Well, you know, it's good. It's good then then we have the next topic because uh, yeah. Batman is going to need this and then some if he's going to be going against Deathstroke. Yeah. And I'm, I'm talking, of course, of the Batman tactical tactical suits. I cannot talk today. The tactical <laughs> suits. Yeah, they, they, they just showed uh, some photos within like the last 48 hours. Mm-hmm. Um, I know we looked at them earlier. Right off the bat, I will tell you that what the Internet is saying um right mm-hmm. away is night owl yeah from from uh the, the watchman from watchman yeah. it it looks so close to that i was like are they is this on purpose <laughs> like are they trying to mess with people or like does like zack snyder like did he just grab one of the night owl suits from what like from his closet and then it was just like here you go ben affleck uh, y'all joking aside, though, what do you what do you think about that particular tactical suit? I mean, people are, might have uh, comments now. Um, personally, I'm going to reserve judgment only because, as well, if it's you know, I hear what you're saying. Cause, yeah, it sounds like yeah, it looks kind of similar. Like holy shit. Um, but I think for me, it's like well, you know, maybe we might see it and actually, holy shit, it looks really, really cooler. Because I remember when I first right. saw the Tumblr. Mm-hmm. In Batman Begins, I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. This is stupid. And then when I saw it in action, I was like, holy shit, this is the fucking coolest Batmobile ever. Yeah. Um. So, you know, I mean, I hate to say it, I think I actually like it a little bit more versus the Ben Affleck suit, only because I remember in the beginning, I heard, like, oh, well, the rumor is, is that uh, Bruce Wayne... His bat suit is made out of armor from General Zod to go up against uh, Superman. I was mm. like, well, that's cool. You know, mm-hmm. that's pretty interesting. You know, find him with his own weapon. Mm-hmm. But then it wasn't. I was like, okay, well, at least they got the Batman symbol from Frank Miller. So I was like, yeah, that's right. cool. And, but, you know, I, it's just, it looks cool. But I mean, I don't know if it's going to be like the whole suit he's going to wear or maybe a scene or yeah. just, you know, him. Like, regardless of it, I think. But the thing is, you can't make everyone happy. And, you know, let's see it in action. If it's cool, cool. If it sucks, then yeah, it's going to suck. And, you know, that's it. They, I mean, it's not, I mean, maybe for toy wise, maybe they just did it. Right. Or, they always, the merchandising, you always got to keep that in mind, especially with DC, Warner Brothers. Oh, um, yeah. 
And that's the, you're you're totally right about that. And this will actually come into play in a little bit as well when we talk about Spider-Man Homecoming. But it's so mm. hard to to really get an opinion off of just a still photo cuz yeah. movies, you know, they're they're fluid. They have movement. There's action, there's special effects, there's yeah. lighting that you have to take into consideration. Yeah. And and this could look totally different by the time the movie comes out. Um, you know, somebody uh, somebody I saw somebody comment uh, when they were discussing this particular photo, that aren't all of Batman's suits technically tactical suits? Like, aren't all of them tactical suits? Like, why yeah. would one be in particular? But uh, yeah, I think at least it doesn't have nipples or a thong. So right, or or a, or a, or a space for a Batman credit card. Oh my god, oh, that was uh, I hated all those stupid jokes. Like, I think. It, it was like every chance they got they had to like squeeze in like a sponsor or something yeah, or it was like oh yeah i think the worst joke was oh was it from three or four when um alfred says like oh should i pack you a lunch sir and batman goes now i'm gonna get takeout and i think oh, it was like they were with uh, a sponsorship burger, with Mc- mcdonald's yeah yeah. yeah, and I was just like, are you fucking kidding me? And the Batmobile yeah. going through the drive-thru. Oh, oh, my God. So dirty. So dirty. Ugh. So dirty. So... Okay, okay. Let, let's leave Batman alone for a while. And let him, let's put him in the corner and let him think about what he's done. Yeah, uh, that, that was in the past. It's gone, so we don't yeah, have to relive move, it. Let's move forward. Uh, so just as a little... Okay, oh, actually, I, I'm told, I totally forgot. We have moved out of Casting Corner. Casting Corner. We, we've moved out of it. <laughs> We just had the two two things at the up up at the top. We've moved yeah. out of it officially. Um, here's here's a little uh, kind of a cool maybe casting, not really a casting tidbit, but more like could these characters be in this film? Mm. I'm talking about the Netflix characters, so like the Defenders. Uh, we're talking yeah. Daredevil, Punisher, Jessica Jones, uh, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, uh, mm. possibly. Apparently, the Russo brothers and Feige, Kevin Feige, are considering maybe incorporating them in some capacity into yeah. the Infinity War uh, Avengers film. Mm. What do you think about that news? Do you do you like that? Do you feel like it's too much to try to put them in? Do you want to see how they would interact? If so, how would you like them to be in the film? Like, what would you want oh. their purpose to be? Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, it, it just because I think they said it's gonna be like over what 66 or 60. Like it was gonna be like double digit characters. That Definitely. We're see. And what I liked is they never said, oh, you know, specific people just like you're gonna see 66 Marvel characters. So yeah. I was like, all right, so that leaves the door obviously to open to anyone. Um, By the way, I, real quick, I just wanted yeah. this is where I feel because Ig isn't here. I need to do this for him. This is where Ig would firmly plant his proposal for Dark Hawk to be one of those 66 characters. Uh, hashtag Dark Hawk for Infinity War. Um, that Ig is definitely campaigning for that, so I feel like I would do him an injustice if I didn't mention that. Uh, oh, like Dark Hawk Eye? <laughs> yeah. So, I like Dark Hawk Eye. I thought he was cool. Uh, well, I know. We'll see. Oh, man. No, you know what, though? If you, hmm. if you mesh Dark Hawk and Hawkeye into like make Jeremy Renner Dark Hawk in the yeah. Marvel that would that would literally destroy Egg, I think. He really hates <laughs> Hawkeye. He really hates Jeremy Renner. I think that would be the end of Ignacio. He might die. He might kill him. <laughs> might kill him. I, I thought, you know 
I, I guess for me is, is that I, I always dug um, Hawkeye. I thought he was cool. I liked what Matt Fraction did with him. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was really cool. Oh, it I, was do. Just... I love the Matt Fraction series. Yeah, yeah, that was really, really unique. Really I like the way, like he was like a landlord. Yeah, for an he like he was the landlord. He owned an apartment building. His tenants were constantly getting into trouble. It's just that's really... that's such a cool. That sounds just like Hawkeye. Oh, like, yeah, he's I so just... put on, like annoyed, just constantly annoyed. That's one of my. I'm sorry. Uh, that's like one of my favorite things in the Avengers movies is that with all the chaos and shit going on, Hawkeye just you know casually talks about his day. Like, oh, well, like what if I did this with the living room and we did this? And it was just like, there's a fucking building. There's like a fucking yeah. city tearing apart, and you're right. talking about the next day. But I guess it's just him dealing with the stress of everything else. Right. Like, hey, you know. Uh, yeah. You know. Um, but as far as I mean, I think it'd be pretty cool to maybe see the after effects of what's happening to them going on. Cause I don't know if it's going to take place in space. I don't know if it's going to take place right. in, you know, New York or we don't know a whole lot. And I think before they're like, Oh, there's going to be two movies. And now it's just one movie. It's the one movie. Yeah. And they're like, Oh, there's a secret. There's another Avengers project, but we're not going to talk about that until later. And it's like, okay, so what is it? Is it going to be secret evasion? Is it going to be, you know, oh, man. Uh, I know they're going to lead into that. They have to, but now they have, we have Spider-Man. It's it's just bound to happen. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I think I, ideally, I think it'd be cool to see them interact with the others. Um, I think Iron Man would totally just rip Daredevil apart, but in a good way, just with jokes. Um, you know, it'd be pretty cool to see. Um, you know the like the strength of Luke Cage because I think that was one of the cool things was in the um, Jessica Jones when mm-hmm. she meets him it's like oh well do you think you can go up against like big green guy and Luke Cage is like oh, I never test I, I don't know if I could test my strength with that you know so I, I think it'd be pretty cool to see them Punisher I don't know because it's not really his war in a sense right it's not his personal yeah so right. he'd be like eh, you know so I mean I'm pretty sure he would defend the city or people but he won't make it a mission to like stop donos right um yeah that's that's blood. a little that's a little out of his wheelhouse too i i was yeah i almost wonder because you did mention earlier that you know is it going to take place in space or what's going to happen and, yeah. and you kind of feel like it would have to if it's going to be this yeah. really really big battle that maybe maybe what ends up happening is thanos sends one of his underlings to earth to go. like mess stuff up mess shit up and then maybe the defenders are like, "Crap, we're the Avengers." Nope, they're not here. Okay, we gotta, we gotta do this. We gotta, you know, and maybe throw some scenes out there for them to do yeah. on Earth. At the same time, though, like, I don't know how much time, unless this movie is gonna be like three hours. I don't know how they're gonna cram all this stuff in. It feels like it's gonna be a really, really, really big film. I, I um, think, I, to be honest with you, I think they should. I think Netflix and Marvel should sit down. And like, hey, listen. We gotta, you know, this is big. Avengers was huge. Avengers was like the biggest comic book movie opening ever. Oh yeah, and it's like, hey, we gotta like up the ante because, you know, if we gotta make sure that we, I guess in a sense, you know, I love DC, I love Marvel, but it's in a sense when it comes to box office numbers, I'm pretty sure DC Marvel's like, hey, we gotta. You know, we got to sell the steak, the sizzle, the cow, the restaurant. We got to sell everything because this mm-hmm. is a big deal. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if we have all these characters, it's going to, you know, uh, 
you know, revenue is going to go up. People are going to watch the shows. It's going to be, and if everything's all connected, a rising tide lifts all boats, kind of thing. Exactly, and it's just one of those things that's like, hey, listen, even if it's just a few scenes of like, holy shit, you know, seeing uh, Daredevil and like uh, Thor going up against, you know, whatever, or fighting to, you know, just to see all these characters together. I mean, the fact that we saw the Avengers, I was like, holy shit, this is fucking oh, cool. Man. I know that first time that you, uh. I mean, so it's just like, fuck it, you know, like, what do you have to lose? I mean, obviously, these shows are doing well, so it's not like, I mean, this is the first time we're going to see them. No, this is like, they established a home with people, because I've had seen people like, I'm not a comic fan, but holy shit, Daredevil's fun. Yeah. Uh, Luke Cage is coming out, and Jessica Jones was such a great comic book TV series where it's like, this is not the typical comic book story right, you're gonna watch. Not at it is all. so different, and it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's so good, and it's so original in a sense where it's like this is, it's about a week, it's about a superhero dealing with like shit that normal people deal with. Yeah. So I mean, what are they gonna lose? You know, and it's just one of those things. that's like fuck it. If it's like a whole scene or a few scenes, then that makes sense. You know, like the defenders. You know. Defending Earth, right? <laughs> yeah, fuck I, it. The thing is, I, I, one, Marvel has earned all the trust in the world from me in terms of their yeah. films. Uh, they they really, for the most part, haven't even misstepped uh, a little bit here and there. But And especially the Russos with, with, oh, yeah. uh, with Winter Soldier and Civil War, which yeah. are both just, you know, excellently, excellently well-made films. Like, beyond the fact that they're superhero films... They're just well-made, constructed films. So if anybody can do this kind of thing, this giant undertaking where you might have characters from the Netflix universe or, you know, Mm -hmm. the Netflix uh, characters coming in and and adding to the story, I feel like these are the guys to do it. Yeah. Um, So I have faith that they can. I'm just curious as to if or if and how they would. Yeah. any other final thoughts on, on that one? I mean, it's just one of those things where it's like, hey, you know, I mean, what do they got to lose? You know, like I said right. earlier. And it's just, it's, I mean, it was, uh, Winter Soldier was such, it felt like to me, it, it felt like a political Political thriller. thriller, right. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, holy shit, this is a fucking comic book movie, but it feels like a, you know, it just, it, yeah. it felt, and with Civil War, it was like, hey, here's a straight up comic book action movie, mm-hmm. you know. So, I I have so much faith in them, and I think it's like what you said. I mean, when was the last bad Marvel movie that we saw? Even, they, yeah, they've set a record. I mean, they literally every film they've made so far has op- debuted number one at the box office. No other yeah. studio has ever done that. And then um, we got Doctor Strange, which is like. I mean, in a sense, it's a big gamble because it was like, well, is it going to work? And then I saw the preview and it blew my mind. Yeah. And real quick, I'll make this super quick. No. Um, Charles Band, who did the Puppet Master movies, mm-hmm. um, you know, all those movies, he did a movie called Dr. Mordred. And yeah. he, he said, this is the closest thing we're going to get to doing Dr. Strange because he wanted to do a Dr. Strange movie. And Stanley loved it. He's like, hey, this is actually a good movie. You know, just it's a shame that... You know, Doctor Strange will never see the big screen, and here we are, here like we maybe are. two months away 
Now, maybe maybe you know a little bit more about the the history of that. Uh, was it mm-hmm. true that originally they had conceptualized that as a Doctor Strange film, but then ultimately they couldn't get the rights or they couldn't come to an agreement or they lost the rights or something like that? Um, he basically said it is a Doctor Strange movie, but just due to all the rights, they had to change the they name to change and everything. It. Right. Okay. But, that's what that's what I thought. And then yeah, I, I have seen that film. It's it's quite good. It's it's I mean it's it's sort of of its time, but it is. You would have thought, like, yeah, that's mm-hmm. as close to Doctor Strange as we're ever gonna get. Yeah. And then, like, lo and behold, like you said, there's there's a Doctor Strange movie literally just right on the horizon for us. It's crazy. Yeah, and it's a crazy it just that trailer alone just blew my mind. It's like, holy shit! Like, oh my god, Marvel, you are spoiling us with they so are. much stuff. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, with the Infinity War or Infinite Gauntlet, whatever they want to call it, uh, either it's part one or what you know, just a standalone film. It, it, they gotta, they gotta put all in. You know, there's just no way they can back out, or you know, they gotta give us what they, what we want. You know, just the whole enchilada. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The whole, the whole, the whole taco plate, really, because you get the enchilada, you get so you get a crispy taco, you get a tamale. <laughs> you know, you get you get the whole shebang. Um, <laughs> okay, so moving on to what I what Ig always teases me about, but is always also legitimately my favorite segment of the show which seems to happen every week uh it just happens folks like i I can't like yes we do kind of control what we talk about but there's always there is always spidey news to talk about i can't help it if that just keeps happening uh people love spider-man what can i say i'm I'm the same way with captain cold i will bring up captain cold in any (laughs) conversation i can it's like you know i can talk to someone and they go and then they found, you know, the they found the dead body, and they go, uh huh. So there's this one episode of The Flash where Captain Cold, and it's just like, ugh, bad timing, Jay. <laughs> Damn it. So it, hey, we all have our things. Everyone has that one character, you know, that you're always gonna push for it. Yep. Well, this always. week, uh, you know, and this time it's actually not exactly Spider-Man. I'll even give you that. It, it's <gasps> it's one of his villains. Oh. But we uh we did get a first look at what I assume I think everyone is assuming at this point uh even though it hasn't been confirmed mm-hmm. pictures of the shocker mm. and I'm <laughs> I'm not talking for those of you with your minds in the gutter I am not talking about a particular hand gesture I am rather talking about the seminal uh 60s comic book villain uh I believe co-created by Stanley uh, the Shocker uh, was kind of a B C list level street villain that Spidey kind of beats up on from time to time. Yeah, um, looks kind of funny. He's got like these gauntlets and he shoots out like vibration shock waves. He's got insulation to keep himself from getting injured. I imagine we got yeah. to see some pictures of him for Spider-Man Homecoming. And again, just like with uh, with the tactical suit, you don't ever want to go too too far bashing something or maybe even praising something because you know you got to see it in motion for it to really to really give it justice but what are your thoughts on this initial look at shocker uh first of all for any of the fans who don't know what a shocker is don't google it well google it at home but safe search it's, it's not yeah so just be maybe prepared. or just it. ask your or just ask your friends like, hey like what's a shocker like don't don't just tell me like in a few words. So, so, or consult your local librarian. I don't know. Consult your local librarian. Fantastic. Yeah. That's great. They, they got, they got a, you know, they're, they're good. They work for the city. They'll be okay. They can answer a question or two. So, 
Um, you know what? That's it blew my mind because um, Michael Keaton was casted, and I was like, "All right, cool." So I wonder who's gonna play. And uh, then they said Vulture. I was like, "Really?" Because you know, I mean, he was great in uh, Birdman, and um, I, I, to me, I always pictured Vulture to be played by either. Um, honestly, my pick for Vulture, and this is way before. This was like maybe during McGuire Spider Man. John Malkovich. Uh, actually, no, Ben okay. Kingsley. Oh, okay. Yeah, I could, I could definitely see that. Now, of course, he is, or maybe is not. The um, the Mandarin, right? That is, who knows? Is or is uh, not. We don't know. Marvel. Maybe the Ru- maybe the Russos will tie everything together. But yeah, I always saw Ben Kingsley as the Vulture. So then they said, "Oh well, Michael Keaton's going to play uh, the Vulture." I was like, "All right, yeah, I think I can see that." I mean, just the fact that he's going to be a villain is going to be pretty cool. But when I heard of the news about the Shocker, I'm like, uh, "So we're going to pull another." Uh, Garfield era where two villains too, at ma- once, too many or... villains you know, yeah the thing is and this is my hope and I well, honestly I have nothing to go off of at this point but I think maybe he's at the beginning of the film like just mm-hmm. you know to establish like a quick battle for Spidey show where maybe Spidey is in terms of his ability to like deal with villains and stuff maybe he doesn't maybe it doesn't go so well for Spidey at the beginning and I, I, I I hope that that's all it is. Like, if, if it's like a shocker who is constantly being thrust upon us in this film, then then that would that would be disconcerting for me. That's true because I mean I think for the longest time I always pictured like it'd be really cool to see Spider Man just going up against the villain, like a real quick villain, like either Tombstone or well, yeah. you know just someone like not huge but not small, just like oh, okay, that quick little fight. And I know they said, like, oh, he's, it's not going to be an origin story. Uh, Uncle. It's been not even, I think, so many months in that he's already Spider-Man. So I think that would be a pretty cool idea to do that. Yeah. Just like, yeah, he's still... Because even Iron Man said, yeah, this is what I found. So, yeah, I mean, fuck it. I mean, it's like... And the suit doesn't look all professional. It looks like kind of, like, put together. Uh-huh. So I would imagine to be like, hey... You know, I'm just starting out, so I'm trying to make a name for myself and, you know, joke, joke here. So, you know, that would be pretty cool because ideally I think, you know, not too many villains. Because I think, you know, they have villains in the other Marvel movies, but they're not like a lot of big characters or they're not like the main focus. Like I know, oh shit, I want to mess up his name. But that one doctor, when he was that... um in uh winter soldier uh the scientist uh, uh dr armin zola yeah he was just like that character for a few scenes like oh shit that's you know fucking so that was really cool right so i'm hoping they kind of do that with shocker like what you said like in the like he's one of the very few villains he fights in the beginning you know yeah that's what i'm hoping for i have nothing to go off of at this point that's just kind of my my wishful script writing uh brain on that yeah. um but you know, we'll see, and of course, I guarantee you, I guarantee you that <laughs> as more Spider-Man news comes out, we will be covering it here on Comic Book Characters. That's a guarantee. Oh, uh, moving on, what a lot of people considered uh, to be maybe the best character, or maybe at least the best mm. plot line of Suicide Squad in an otherwise mm. kind of muddled film, uh, we are getting news that Margot Robbie... Uh, is going to, in fact, star in a Harley Quinn centralized film. 
But, and here's the catch, and I think this is a good thing, but, you know, again, you let me know what you think. She's going to be producing on the film as well. So it sounds like she's going to have maybe some input on the film. You know, one thing about Suicide Squad that I keep hearing over and over and over again is that a lot of people loved all of the Harley Quinn and Joker stuff, that that it had a very mad love feel about it, but they wanted to see that movie, like that movie on its own, not just like squished into this Suicide Squad film. Uh, yeah. It's like either they they did they either need to do less of them in the Suicide Squad Suicide Squad film, or they need to do more in the sense that mm. they would have given them their own film to develop that entire story. We might still get that. Who knows? Uh, just real quick, the this Harley Quinn movie, from what I'm hearing is going to be a very, like, female-centric film. So it's yeah. maybe going to have Batgirl, um, possibly Nightwing, or, 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 or a Robin of some sort might be in the film. Uh, but also maybe even a Poison Ivy uh, might make an appearance in this. What do, you, what do you think about all of those rumors uh, for this Harley Quinn film? And or, or, and or what would you like to see in her standalone film? I think, honestly, a um, couple of things. I think uh, Gotham City Sirens will be pretty there you go. cool. Right. Uh, I think I, because I think um, Anne Hathaway said that she wants to come back as Catwoman. So, you know, I mean. Do you think that would be confusing for people? Because technically the Nolan Batman is a separate thing. Uh, yeah, that is true. So either we get a new Catwoman, or you know, or maybe she plays Batgirl. I don't know. Um, so I mean, oof. I, to be honest with you, I think in the old days, if someone was like a celebrity was producing like a comic movie, like okay, cool. But I think nowadays, it's so, you know, they carry the passion. Like the actors who play the characters carry the same passion as the fans do. Right. Because it's like, hey, listen, this is like the Holy Bible to some people. I can't fuck this up. And I think that's why I tell people. It's like, in the beginning, we were just crawling, and we didn't know what we were doing in movies. Some were great, some were eh. I mean, yeah. Blade and Punisher Warzone, I think, are like, yeah, they nailed it on the head with um, the way these characters are in the comics. Right. Um. I, you know, if she wants to produce it, that's cool. If she wants to write it, like co-write it, that's cool too. Fuck it, you know? I mean, I'm all for it because, I mean, she sold the movie and there is no way. It's like, okay, cool. She's like a Batman villain? All right, I got it. Don't worry. No, I'm pretty sure she's researching. uh, She's watching cartoons and she's just doing so much stuff. And I think, uh, I'm pretty sure she is because, you know, she stole the movie and she was such a great character and she even got her Staten Island accent down. And I was like, that's the Harley Quinn. I know next to Tara Strong's Harley Quinn. Right. Tara Strong. Of course, the yeah. voice actress, uh, who, who does a great many voices on so many different DC projects as well as other, other cartoons. And she looks, She's and she looks like a, she looks like a porn star, which is crazy. So like, what the, so, yeah. It's just one of those things, but yeah, she's really talented, and she, yeah, she's like almost like she has she's can do so many voices. It's really cool. Yeah, um, I'm all for it. I think it's gonna be cool. I, I'm really glad that you know they're moving forward with it. And I'm like, eh, we'll do it later. We'll see how everything else goes. Like, no, they're gonna push it forward, and they're just gonna 
you know, give it to us as soon as possible. I think that's awesome. Yeah. Because I think in a sense, Harley Quinn and, you know, fans, this is just me. But I think right now Harley Quinn is almost like the female Deadpool yeah. of the DC universe. I totally, yeah. I think you and I have, have even had similar sentiments uh, before. That, that I'm completely on board with that statement. Uh, yeah. She's very, very popular uh, yeah. on the DC side, which is fine. Uh, my only concern, and this is the only thing I hope for, and, it, and it's, mm. it's not that I don't think they can do this. I just hope they get the tone of whatever they decide to do with the movie and with her as a character. Yeah. I hope they keep the, they get the tone right and that they stay consistent. Because that seems to be the one thing DC has had a lot of trouble with is, is maintaining consistency and continuity mm. within even their own singular films, let yeah. alone an expanded universe. Um but you know, I again, I always want every movie to be good. So let's hope that with Margot Robbie having a hand in it, so to speak, that that's only going to help the film moving forward. Uh, so Jay, uh, before we uh, close up for the podcast, mm-hmm. there are a couple of little tidbits uh, that I wanted to talk about. We're again staying in the Batman family, yes. so to speak. Uh, they uh, hot off the heels of this controversial. Um, killing joke animated film that they did mm, which yeah which okay i saw in, i saw in the theaters i i yeah. have the blu-ray yeah I, I still can't it's like i i want to like it a lot but i also don't like it a lot um so we i have weird feelings about this film no um, i'm on the, i'm on the I, I i i was when you said i was like yep he he nailed it because it was just yeah yeah uh, i'm on the same boat with you because it's it's a great story. It's such an iconic. It's like I mean, it's considered to be the Joker Batman story in all of Batman history. Yeah. Uh, but but we'll we'll leave that to the side for the moment. They are going to be doubling down. Uh, we got word that there's going to be a Hush movie animated mm. film yeah. uh, in production, as well as Death in the Family. And uh, now Death in the Family, especially, uh, I'll, we'll touch on Hush uh, very quickly. But Death in the Family is where I want to spend the bulk of our time because yeah. that is a very very uh, also iconic Batman story. And I'm really hoping that maybe where they faltered a little bit on Killing Joke, maybe they can. They can rebound and, and, and do something great in Death and Family. But Hush, uh, Hush is one of, I mean, now actually it's probably been about, what, 15 years or so, 10, 15. Wow, really? And it's crazy long. that time is, uh, but so this story originally came out, um, again, 10, 15 years ago. Uh, yeah. a great story by uh, Jeff Loeb, I believe, and uh, mm-hmm. fantastic art by Jim Lee. Oh and God. some of Jim Lee's best work of all time. If you yeah. haven't read Hush, please, everyone, go read Hush. It's it's a really, really great story. It's got a lot of great moments in it. Um, I would I recommend the I would recommend the Absolute Hush. That's like yeah, the Criterion of like comic books, right? So it's got the pre- the the prestige, the premium format paper. It's got all like the 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 sketch stuff, the commentary, right? It's got all that. Good yeah, stuff. it's. It, I mean, it's a great comic, but yeah, I mean, if you're gonna if you're a comic fan, definitely spoil yourself and get that version because you will not be disappointed. I mean, you won't be disappointed in general, but the, if you want to treat yourself to like amazing work, by all means, get that one. I think a lot of people would argue that Hush and Bane, those two villains in particular, out of the last maybe 25 years or so, are like mm-hmm. the two most impactful and interesting Batman villains to be introduced. 
Yeah, like in the totally. last 20, 25 years or so. It's a, it's a great story. I don't really want to spoil it because uh, it's such a great story, but it's just it has a lot of twists and turns. It features a lot of the, the Batman villains, uh, some of his allies. It's a great story. I hope, you know, DC Animated has always done a great job with these animated films and tr- translating the comic story into animated features. Um, I know I talk about it all the time, but uh, but Superman, All-Star Superman is so good. It's, it's an animated oh, yeah. feature. I Like, it literally, it almost brings me to tears. It's so good. Uh, the end of that one's so touching. It, um, yeah, go ahead. It's funny that you mentioned that because I was in a little quick little segue. What I'm interested about Death in the Family is that it, it, when I read it, it blew my mind. It was crazy. You know, it was crazy. Like, oh, here's a toll-free number. Call, you know, uh, should Robin live? Should Robin die? Yeah. You decide. That was a real uh, thing. Yeah. And I love it how in Grant Morrison's Batman, which, by the way, if you're a Batman fan, I mean, like a hardcore Batman fan, read Grant Morrison stuff. He will take you to school. He is like, he wrote Batman in a way that no one has ever written Batman before. It is like just with a fine pencil he wrote yeah. all this stuff and it's so detailed he and it's touches, not like he touches on things from like the sixties and like yeah. the, just like the tiniest thing. It is it is you couldn't tell he is not only a uh, historian of Batman but a super fan of that character to be able to write. He he is like a, a Stephen Colbert level of Batman. It is like Right, with like uh, with like Lord of the Rings, right? Yeah. Yeah, he is very crazy and um in uh, the Batman comic he wrote with Batman and Robin where, you know, Dick Grayson was Batman, he um, had a returning character from Death and the Family come back. And he actually did a thing where it's like, hey, everyone, like he televised the event on the comic. is like, hey, do you want these characters to die? Call this cell phone. And oh. he, it was really cool how he kind of connected. I was like, all right, that's really uh, full circle here. Um but yeah, I mean, these, these, I mean, DC, uh, to me, DC has ruled when it came to television or cartoons. Right. And they just knocked it out of the part. And their cartoons have been really great. They had some really good ones. Um, of course, getting... Batman, the animated series, which is. Oh, my God. I yeah. I mean, considered by almost everybody across the board to be the best cartoon adaptation of a comic book character of all time oh my god i mean it's just it's timeless i mean people still talk about it like me and my friends we we talk about our favorite episodes one of them being almost got him um my favorite one is the one where um that guy like the little there was a little nerdy guy oh the 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 family man right yeah joker yeah, and like it was like oh my god, the he station killed wagon. It's like somebody's birth, Charles, Charles or Chuck's birthday or something like that. Yeah, that was. I mean, it was just it was so many good stories and just. I mean, they DC kills it on the TV, and I hope they do the same for movies. It's so weird that they haven't been able to translate that level of skill and talent onto the big screen. I just blows my mind that they haven't been able to do it. You would think, and but to but to answer your question, yeah. Uh, Killing Joke, it was good. It wasn't perfect, but I think I get where they were coming from. Uh, Brian Azzarello wrote it, so I'm like, yeah, okay. Like I give him the benefit of the doubt that he did the best he could 
from Alan Moore to Brian Azzarello. So I was like, okay, well, at least I didn't get some guy like, oh, this is my first movie, so I'm doing this. Right. <laughs> so I, I just, you know, I had faith, but I think you just had to establish that connection between, you know, the first part to the second part, mm-hmm. uh, the movie. And it's just, uh, yeah, I, I guess maybe I wanted a little bit more of the Joker stuff. Yeah. Um, but I think, in a nutshell, I think they accomplished, I think when we got finally got to the actual Killing Joke, we saw a lot of the stuff in the comic book in the cartoon. I was like, okay, this is really mm-hmm. cool. This is cool. And I'm really glad they kept the ending. I'm not going to spoil it because there's some people who may not have seen it, but they kept the original ending. And I'm like, holy shit, this is pretty dark for a DC cartoon. And I think it was really cool that they had it as a rated R mm-hmm. versus PG-13. Which is funny because Under the Red Hood was pretty graphic in my opinion. Yeah, that's another good one. I mean, like, yeah. it, I mean, you nailed it. Like, they, it's it's crazy how much success and how well they've done on the animated side and on the TV side. And it's just, you know, one of these days you feel like even if by sheer stupid luck they're going to be able to put it together and really get that kind of magic on the big screen. And it would be yeah. really great for everybody, all the comic book fans, for DC cinematic stuff to be on par with marvels and yeah. and that's not me being a marvel fanboy that's just me wanting even more amazing comic book movies so let's, yeah. let's hope that happens soon and, and i remember with hush uh my my best friend who's like a brother to me milo mm-hmm. um he well, i was hanging on my friends excuse me i was hanging on my friends and he came in just rushed into the room you know he got the comic from his car and he was like dude dude check it out and he, you know, he showed us the spreadsheet where Batman's like swinging in, mm-hmm. and we were just blown away. And it, it was like the best way to describe it for us reading this comic or seeing the spread was like us reading our first porno mag. <laughs> you know, we were just right. like, oh my god, this is so many, look at this. Like, it was just we were so fanboying over yeah. this comic, and yeah. it was just one of those things. And I mean, it, it's I mean, yeah, Hush is a great comic, and it just blew me away and it was just one of those comics where like hey you know this is before everything this is before like maybe we had a few movies but this was like holy shit this is like a fucking movie right so the fact that they're gonna do it like do these cartoons is just really revolutionary because it's like wow we're finally gonna see this on the small screen but regardless we're gonna see it and it's just funny how Marvel cartoons, eh, some yeah. of them are great. Uh, Planet Hulk, I think, is one of the best Marvel cartoons ever. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, but yeah, DC is just killing it with their cartoon movies or you know TV shows. So it's just going to be really interesting to see what they're going to do with this. And I hope they do more. I know we're going to see Justice League Dark. Um, there's yeah. other great cartoons. Um, to be honest with you, I would like to see maybe... Ooh, I doubt we would see because it, it might be too advanced. Uh Maybe go the route of Vertigo. Okay. You know? So like maybe some of the Sandman or yeah, Sandman, Transmetropolitan. Oh, Transman, um, yeah, that would be interesting. Because you I know, think... you know what I would actually like to see, but I don't think they will ever do it because it's just, yeah, it's too far. Is uh, we referenced it earlier as Identity Crisis. Yeah. That that is that is a great story and a very well told story. Uh, well, I mean, they got away with like the like the. And I'm not trying to I'm not trying to glorify this, but they got away with the rape and the killing joke. So I'm well, see, pretty that's, sure that's interesting. I'm really glad you brought that up, <laughs> actually, because that's that's 
that's actually kind of interesting. Uh, they yeah. they had talked to, man, who did they talk to? I think they talked to the art. Who was the artist on Killing Joke? Was it Klaus uh, Johnson or is it? Oh, uh, was it Dave Gibbons? No, it wasn't Dave Gibbons. I honestly, I I don't know off the top of my head. But they were talking to that person, and, yeah. and he said that he has always thought that that Barbara wasn't raped. And so it's kind of interesting that I feel like I mean. I, I sort of always assumed that there was sexual assault there, but like a lot of, apparently a lot of people think that, that no, that that wasn't the case. But, um, I think Dave Gibbons did do it because I know that time him and Alan Moore were pretty much connected together to a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, well, so, so, I mean, I guess you're right though. Like, um, that DC has shown that they're willing to, to, to go, to go to push the envelope. It was, it was Brian Boland. Brian Boland. That's right. Oh, okay. uh, Brian Boland Sorry, was there. No, it's <laughs> so Dave Gibbons. We're trying to give you a little extra credit there. It was Brian Boland, though. Um, but, you know, I would like to see Identity Crisis. Uh, oh, yeah. That would be interesting. There's there's so many great stories, though. And like the really great thing about the animated films is that they've always they essentially have an unlimited budget in terms of like special effects and stuff because they yeah. just draw them out it's not like you have to cgi everything exactly. um, but uh real quick uh then jay what if you could have one would it be a vertigo movie then uh with like sam one one comic book either story or property as a dc animated film which Ooh. one would that be for you mm, like um uh... <laughs> character or like a storyline either or either or um to be honest with you i i would like to see wow there's so many good stories um probably (coughs) uh, probably just some of the something different but then again that's that's just me um maybe a doom a doom patrol oh wow doom patrol okay yeah (laughs) Which, that'd be pretty. So go ahead. Sorry. That'd be pretty cool to see that. Maybe like the early stuff. Um, Are you talking about like was... the '60s stuff or the '80s Doom Patrol with Grant Morrison? I would probably say Grant Morrison '80s. Yeah. I'm always uh... I love Grant Morrison. Here's a really funny thing. We actually didn't talk about this, and I totally forgot to put it on the notes ledger. Is that um, Gerard Way? Yeah. From. Uh, Chemical uh, Romance. I almost said Panic at the Disco. I almost. <laughs> Golly, they're not the same. Oh, my chemical that, romance. If you uh, said that all the fans would have killed us, oh, like, there's so many mistakes. Oh my god, they would have. Uh, all those my chemical romance fans too, especially, they would have been really, really angry with me. Yeah. Um, his Doom Patrol just came out. I haven't had a chance to read it yet, but it's really a lot of buzz. Yeah. He, Holy shit. He did a Doom Patrol comic. I don't know how long, how many issues he's doing, but yeah. that just came out. In fact, I might try to pick that up tomorrow. Um. But yeah, that's interesting. You know, like CM Punk did a Drax comic, I think, a while yeah. back before he got beat all the hell uh, in the UFC. Sorry, CM Punk. <laughs> um, but anyway, okay, so Doom Patrol, that's a really interesting idea. I mean, you definitely, yeah. we don't see enough of them uh, kicking around really in anything. Uh, I mean, I, I think if anything, we might be lucky where we might see them maybe in, in Legends of Tomorrow, but I think okay. it was a few characters. Right, I could that's see that. Yeah. That, that show really does open itself to a lot of those kind of smaller or not as well-known characters. Yeah, because they kind of 
they they pull like a Jeff Johns or a Bendis where it's like, hey, here's a lesser known character, but we're gonna make him really fucking cool, real interesting, right? Yeah. yeah. So they tend to write for the underdogs for some of them because I think that's what helped me write. Like, oh, this character's really fucking cool. Um, probably Doom Patrol, like a Doom Patrol cartoon. Or honestly, I would like to see, um, probably. I think most of the '80s stuff, you know. Because we've seen some of the Frank Miller stuff. I wouldn't mind seeing some Alan Moore cartoons. Not okay. Watchmen, but like some of the stuff he did. Like Swamp Thing. Like the Swamp Thing, yeah. Yeah. There's another one um, which is really cool. And I always tell people, it, read this because it's one of the most interesting Batman comic books that's not really about Batman. But it's um, it's called Arkham Living Hell. And it's the origin of um, White Shark. Yeah, so it's a really great comic, and the artist who did the artwork for, I think Mike, uh, Mike Snyder. I think so. Oh shit! I'm gonna get so much. They're gonna kill me before they kill you. Um, I'll give me a chance to run away, so it's fine. Yeah. Oh shit! I have the comic somewhere around here. Shit! I can't find it. But what's it called? Living Hell. Uh, yeah, Arkham Living Hell, and it's a great comic. It's just so out there. It's mainly. About the villains. Oh, wow. That was written by Dan Slott, who who does Spider-Man now. There um, you go. Full circle for all of us. And, yeah, it's a, if you get a chance, uh, read the comic. It's really fucking great. It's out there. It's interesting. Uh, you kind of feel bad for a character. Cause Ryan Stoke. Yeah. It depends. And you kind of feel bad for a character, and you see the Gotham villains in a different kind of light and they're kind of scarier when they're not in their costumes. Okay. So yeah, I, have, yeah. I actually have not, wasn't familiar with that one. I'll have to check it out. Oh yeah. I mean, next time I see you, I'll lend it to you. It's a really great fucking comic. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Hey, that's great. We, we love to recommend things uh, here on comic book characters. So, uh, you know, that's fantastic. Uh, all right. Jay, well, as we're, as we're closing up, the podcast mm. for this week. I know I wanted to give you a little bit of time to to talk about. Unfortunately, mm. uh, you you have some sad news to share, but but I know it was something that was important to you. So uh, why don't you go ahead and, and Thanks, do that? Now. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to say um, this is a little hard for me because I might get choked up. So bear with me, everyone. Um, I'm dedicating this podcast episode to my aunt who passed away. Uh, last week, um, yesterday would yes. Uh, tomorrow is going to be one week, and um, it was. I, I'm really. It was really hard at first, but I love her to death, and she was an amazing woman. She was beautiful. Um, she introduced me not to a lot of comics, but she kind of like tagged along, or she kind of like was interested. Um, as I was saying earlier, Death in the Family was pretty big to me because that was the first comic I think she got. Just the fact that, oh my god, Robin, oh. you know. And it was just, she had it framed, and I would see it every day, and the artwork blew me away. I was never allowed to read it, but, you know, <laughs> it was just one of those cool things. Mm-hmm. And I remember, you know, she she did so much for me, my brother, and my family. I mean, she was just an amazing woman. And the, one of the coolest things ever was that she, like I said, would tag along with the movies, like comic movies, and she would go, I don't know who this character is. I don't know. You know, she wouldn't complain. She was like, all right, I'll check it out. And I remember she got me Batman on VHS, 
that shows how old I am. Um, she got me Batman on VHS when it came out, and I was like, oh my god, like it was like right. getting a Blu-ray movie of yeah. like you know of a oh, movie I mean, too. Yeah, no, no, it was like yeah. It was I mean, huge. That was the superhero film back then. Yeah, it was like that was, and I still think it's one of the best Batman movies around. And I remember she took me to go see Batman Returns, and she was like, "Well, are you sure? Because it might be too scary because it looks a little dark." And she still took me, and it was just beautiful. And I remember, you know, she would, you know, I took her to the movies. You know, she loved seeing the comic movies, and we would always go like a few weeks later when it died down, right. And I remember the last movie we took her to go see, me and my brother, was Age of Ultron. And she dug it. She loved it. And, you know, it's just, I remember, you know, she may not have liked some of the things I liked, like horror movies or the music or maybe comic books. And that was fine. You know, I didn't force it down her throat. But she accepted them. And she thought, I was like, hey, you know what? This is what you like. That's cool. Right. And I remember, you know, it's just... I remember she. I was on. I've done a few podcasts before. I, I did a few shows, and I remember she always wanted to hear them. And I was like, I don't know because you know I curse and you know the stuff I say. I, I didn't want to offend her. And so I was like, you know, just I, I talk about things, so don't worry. Right. You know, it's nothing. I'm not plotting against anyone. I'm not being rude. I'm just being vocal. And I remember she actually found some of my uh, podcast reviews of stuff I did for horror movies and she was just blown away and that to me was like the biggest compliment ever because she wasn't going to see the movies but she just loved the way that I was passionate about it and she was like I really I hear what you're saying I hear how you feel about this and it, this isn't a joke you actually have an opinion and it was just it, it meant a lot to me and I wish she could hear this one I'm pretty sure she is going to right. up there. And I'm just so grateful for everything that she's done. And the fact that, you know, she encouraged my work. She fought for me and she loved me for who I was. I think is beautiful. And I will never forget that. And she's a beautiful woman and I loved her. And I'm just so grateful for everything. And yeah, so this episode I think is one of the best. I mean, I, don't get me wrong, you guys have great shows to me. I think this is the best one because I'm on it. And I think if she were to hear it, she would just love it and just praise it a lot. So I'm dedicating this episode to her because she was everything for me. And she was an amazing woman. And I love her. Well, that's very sweet. Very well said, Jay. And. Thank you. You know, it's it's always great. It's of course unfortunate that you you lost someone so close to you, but it's mm. it's so great that you have all of these wonderful memories, um, and that's what's so great about you know uh, whether you're reading the comic books, you're going to the movies, you're watching the TV shows. When you have friends and family that that share these passions, mm -hmm. whether it's because you love each other or you love the same interests, the fact that you can foster these kind of memories uh is fantastic and it's a big part of of why i think the comic medium will will sustain regardless of you know what happens with the movies or the publishing side um mm -hmm. it really allows people to connect and to share in each other's lives in a really really fantastic way mm -hmm. um i want to thank you personally uh for coming on the show uh it's been such an honor having you um 
you're of course welcome anytime and we'll definitely have you on again um is there any any particular place that you want people to get at you on the internet like either on uh, twitter or facebook or you know email anything like that um, I, I know you're involved uh in a production of, of doing um it's sort of maybe an interview style podcast i think is what you had talked about uh the alpha yeah. alpha plan i think yeah uh well first of all i love this show it's really great i'm so happy to be part of it i think it's awesome i can't wait to come back even if it's something small or something big you know, regardless, it's fun. Uh, yeah, I'm working on a project with my friends. It's called Alpha Plan. Um, and it's just like interview-style show, uh, kind of like my heroes, like Charlie Rose, Larry Kane, stuff like that. Okay. Where, you know, it's, it's still in production. We're still trying to get off the ground, but, you know, we're still active. It's um, You can find us on Facebook.com slash Alpha Plan or Alpha underscore Plan. We're on there. You can't miss it. Um, you can reach me on my face, my personal Facebook. I think it's uh, facebook.com slash jalexis. Um, so you can message me, whatever. Uh, tell me, oh, you were wrong about the character. That's <laughs> that was, that wasn't the Grant Morrison didn't write that. Like, yeah, it, it's I'll, coming. I mean, that's I'll, the... <laughs> I'll own up to it. I was like, you know, I, I made a mistake. Um, you know, you can add me, whatever. And you know, I'm really down to earth. So if you want to talk about comics, horror movies. You, yes. I, I know that you do like to talk about horror movies. You're a little like you do these little like comedy scene bits that you write out. Yeah. Uh, that that I think are on Twitter and, and Facebook. They're mm. they're really funny. I like them a lot. If you want, uh, if you want a little bit of pep in your day, people out there in the CBC, you want a little bit of laughter, a little bit of humor. Um, uh, Jay does these really really great little bits on his Facebook. So feel free to you know please add him. That's really sweet. Thank you, man. Yeah, because sometimes I just, I think there was one I wrote that, was, that made me laugh, and I think it was the Jurassic Park one, and if you see it or ask for it, I'll send it to you, the, the you know, like, if you message me and say, oh, like, you know, if you don't add me, whatever, and if you just want to see that specific one, I'll send it to you. It's funny. But that one made, just made me laugh. I was like, this is fucking funny, because I could just see myself doing it. But yeah, that's what I do. I just, I write these little things. Yeah, they're little, like, scenarios where, like, you know, like one person's talking, they're asking you a question, then you say something, and then it's it's kind of hard to explain, but they're they're real short and they're 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 pretty hilarious uh, most of the time. Yeah, so, yes, little... please please check uh, Jay out on Facebook, everyone. Thanks. Yeah, um, just that, and I'm working on a comic book with my friend oh, uh, Milo Sanchez. Um, it's called um, it's a horror comic. Um, it's pretty cool. Like I, I think. When it's done, and we're hoping to maybe present it next year at Comic Con if it's oh, finished. The uh, Alamo City Comic Con, or yeah, yeah, which I will, we will, you will probably see us there. So, um, but yeah, it's called The Evil Good Guys. Um, it's a horror comic book. It, in a sense, it's like um, if me and my friends were going through puberty in our twenties, but as monsters. Oh, okay. It's, yeah, it's. It's it's out there. It's kind of interesting. It's uh, the classic monsters, you know, werewolves, vampires, and whatnot. Yeah. But it's it's me doing it differently, and it's it's really cool. Like I, it's like X Men meets Hellboy. Okay. So yeah, meets Breakfast Club, something okay. like that. A little so. quirky. I, you know, I was gonna say Teen Wolf. You know, like there you go. You know, a little bit, a little bit like that. Okay, that's cool. That's that's cool. We'll definitely keep an eye out for that. And when when you have that project ramped up, let us know, and we'll, we can definitely. Have you on to talk about that when that gets rolling? Oh, yeah. um, 
Okay, well, that that brings uh, another Comic Book Characters podcast to a close. We appreciate all you listeners out there. And again, please feel free to hit us up on Twitter at CB Characters. Uh, you can hit us up there. You can, of course, go to our Facebook at uh, facebook.com forward slash Neil Before Pod um, mm, and reach I us there. And always interact. Yeah, we. There's a whole story behind that, actually. Yeah. Um, but And then, of course, on email, uh, cbcharacters at gmail.com. If anybody wants to get it as... I think this is normally where Ig would say it, but I'll go ahead and say it this time. Uh, the Fortress of Potitude is now closed. <laughs> Stay super, everyone. Have a great week. We'll catch you next time. Take care.